0: And it tells us that Jesus instead said, take up your cross and follow me. He said, instead of seeking your own life, we are to lose our lives for the gospel and for him. And in so doing, we find our lives. You see, the, what he guaranteed was death to self, death to ambition and pride. It, it wasn't a guaranteed road to success. It was a guaranteed road to suffering, and that is what he shows us in his word. Think about it. It says take up your cross. In modern terms, we would say take up your electric chair, take up your hangman's noose, uh, that shot of lethal poison. Take that up and carry that. With you. See, what he was teaching is that following Christ is not a bed of roses. It's a crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. What he was teaching is that the cross always comes before the crown. In John chapter 6, in verse 66, in interesting 666, <laughs> with it, but uh, in the text here, John 666, 666, okay, enough of that, Todd. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked. With him. You see, they looked like disciples. They talked like disciples. They followed Jesus for a time. But when his message didn't line up with their perception of what this Messiah was to be, they left. They stopped following him. So I'll be honest with you, this is another gospel that is often preached in our culture by preachers that say, if you just believe enough, if you have the right kind of faith and the right kind of passion and the right kind of attitude, you'll get your best life now, and things will be good, and and Jesus will make sure you make more money, and Jesus will make sure your relationships are right, Jesus will make sure everything goes as you want it to go. But let me tell you this, if you follow that voice, if you... Stand in front of the mirror each day for a while and say, I believe, I believe, I'm going to get this. God's going to bless me because I'm going to bless him and I'm going to receive it. Before long, it'll appear the only one really listening and probably not is the reflection. Because the truth of the matter is the gospel is a call to follow Christ that comes with a cost. And the truth is although we have our wishes and although we have our expectations often they are not part of the plan of God. Often although we would love to have great health health issues arise. Although we would love for our relationships to stay strong (laughs) often they are splintered and they are broken because of circumstances. Often When we try to share our faith, there are colleagues and those around us who do not receive that with joy, but they are not happy about the fact that you are sharing with them the message of the cross. For the Bible says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who believe, it is the power of God. You see, the message, this false Christianity that is often preached around us is Christianity without a cross. It is a gospel without repentance. They wanted God without accountability. They wanted religion without restriction. And let me tell you, when we play this game, I want you to ask yourself a question. What do we think about Jesus? What do we believe about the cross and our need for a Savior? Let me just share a few verses with you that outline what our destiny is. Instead of more money, more power, (laughs) you know, uh, more what we want. Here's what the scriptures actually says. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So let me ask you, have you been persecuted lately? I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, oh, Lord, I want to be persecuted. But if no one ever looks at you and says, you're a little, you, you know, then maybe we need to step back and say, God, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful in presenting the gospel? I think of, I heard a story of a guy, you know, wearing these sandwich billboards. And on the, on the front, it said, I am a fool for Jesus Christ. But on the back, it said, who's full are you? You see, the, the simple truth is, we're all following someone, whether it is self or whether it is another person. And our call is to follow Jesus Christ. And you see, the scripture tells us that that mark of being a faithful believer in Jesus Christ, it is not based on having great health. It is not based on a fat bank account, (laughs) and it is not based on the matter of influence and power that we possess and wield. Painfully enough, guys, Jesus says it is based on suffering. And so this message is entitled, Happy Are the Harassed. (laughs) Happy are those who are heaven-bound. So I'm just going to read that again, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, the opening sentence there sets the stage. Blessed or supremely happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, that terminology persecuted, it literally could be translated to be chased or to be pursued. It is in the passive. In other words, not fighting back against those who are bringing pain, but taking it for the sake of of righteousness. You see, it is, not, it is not talking about being punished for what we deserve. Man, if I'm speeding and I get stopped and, you know, a highway patrolman comes up to me and hands me a ticket, that's not persecution. That's suffering for what I did and shouldn't have done. I broke the law. It is suffering for the cause of Jesus Christ for being faithful to him and to his word and to the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to look at, outline here we have uh, four points and then three reminders, and we'll be gone today. (laughs) Verse, or point one, we are given opportunities to experience deeper fellowship with Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.10, what a verse from the Apostle Paul. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, look, you know, guys, I, I love the first part of that. But man, I want to know Jesus. Yeah, come on, man, Jesus, I want to know you. And I want to know that resurrection power. I don't want to be no Christian wimp. I don't want that power. I want want that direct line of prayer to God. I want to be able to witness and people just cry and come to cry. I mean, I want all that stuff. But the last one, he says, is suffering, becoming like him in his death, dying to self. That is not natural, guys. That is supernatural, isn't it? Listen to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12, and the first part of 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings. We are given opportunities for that deeper fellowship with Jesus Christ. The sufferings. That is the mark of truly being a disciple. That, Lord, I love you and I will be faithful to you even when it costs me, not if, but when it costs me, I'll be faithful. Point number two, we're given opportunities to reveal we belong to Christ. Listen to verse 14 of 1 Peter chapter 4. If you are insulted... Because of the name of Christ, the glory, uh, you are blessed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Now, that doesn't sound like the kind of blessing most of us. I want that blessing, Lord. Why, are you, why do you keep talking about this Jesus? What is it about this Christ? Can't you just leave me alone? Well, we don't believe in that will after you die (laughs) but are we going to be faithful are we i'm not talking about being obnoxious but being bold i'm not talking about running over people i'm talking about running to people with a message that's changed your life which is the message of the powerful christ that is the mark According to the Scripture, suffer. Uh, goes on First Peter four fifteen and sixteen. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And then we see verse eleven of our text: Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my count this is the blessing he's talking about man when that person gets mad at you i can't believe that person did that well maybe instead what we ought to do is say lord thank you thank you lord that i had an opportunity to be a little closer to you we often don't see it that way and yet through the scriptures we are told that that is a mark of blessing if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. That's what we're told. Number three, we're given opportunities to witness for Christ. Remember, upon the cross, the spear was poked into the side of Christ. and r- Remember the testimony of the Roman centurion? Surely, this man was the Son of God. You see, it is the suffering that drives us to the closer relationship and experiences of Christ like the apostles. You know, I I think of a a couple of times in in the scripture, there was one time, I think it's in Acts 12, and and you got Paul and, and Silas, and they've been, you know, sharing Jesus, and for that, they end up in a jail cell, and they've been beaten, been beaten badly. And, you know, they're being guarded by this soldier. You know what those... Jesus freaks are no, by the way, sometimes Jesus Freak is misunderstood. I want to explain that again if you all haven't heard this. One time I had a Jesus Freak shirt on and I was uh, working out at the gym and this muscular Christian came by. Oh, look, you're making fun of my Lord Jesus. I, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, man, no, no, I'm a Jesus follower too. It comes from a song and it means I want to be so faithful to Jesus that I'm different. That I don't, I don't look like everybody else. It's not mocking Jesus. It's actually a way of saying, I want to be like Jesus. You know, that's, there's, a, there's a big difference there. You see, when we suffer for the cause of Christ, man, it can open doors of witness. People are like, how in the world is she doing that? How is she being faithful the way she's being treated, or what she's going through, and yet she's not complaining. And, and let me tell you, when you don't strike back and attack the person who's attacking you, you know what they do? They look and say, Man, that must be a child of God. Not how much money's in your bank account, not how much power and influence that you have, not your health. But your attitude and the way that you handle the dark experiences of life when you're seeking to live for Jesus Christ by making him known and letting others' people know without question that your hope is in the gospel, in the power of Jesus Christ, and nowhere else. It is that type of persecution that is the true mark of the disciple. Here's from Mark 5:41. It says, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. You see, when we really follow Jesus, we are not promised the honor and the fame. We are not promised uh, all those benefits that we look forward to. Man, We are promised to be marginalized, ridiculed, put down, jesus really and yet it is in those experiences that we run toward christ becoming like him in his death it is there that people say there's something there it's not just church is normal it's not just an empty religion it's not just a program it's not just a scheduled hour a week There's something there. And guys, that is our call, is it not? When Jesus is telling us, may the power of Jesus Christ be so clear in us that although they may not understand us, they are baffled and have to say there's something there. I I love Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they were astonished. And they took note. These men had been with Jesus. They took note. These men had been with Jesus. Guys, that that is our call. That's, That's certainly not an easy call, but it's our call. All right, number four. We are given opportunities to grow up in Christ. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 71. It was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your decrees. He's saying, it was good for me to experience that tough road because you were able to teach me. You were able to teach me. Um, the word literally, one commentator said, the word sta- uh, that is translated um, here to is a word for God's guidelines for giving, for living. Uh, think about it. Um, his guidelines for living come into focus. Through what he teaches us in the valley. Not on the mountaintop. I love Psalm 46 verse 1. It says God is our refuge and strength. An ever present help in trouble. You know it doesn't say. An ever present help. Before trouble begins. Or after it's occurred. It says. In it. He is an ever present help in trouble. And it gives us power in our witness. Matter of fact, if we want power in our witness, we have to understand there's probably going to be pain that triggers the power of a witness for Christ. Let me say that one more time. He is probably going to use pain to trigger power in a witness. Once again, I don't volunteer for it. (laughs) but thankfully he works in spite of me, in spite of me. All right, we got to get to these three reminders. I I may not do this in four minutes. Bear with me. (laughs) Reminder number one, uh, you're not the reason why. You're not the reason why. Let me tell you, this funeral I was telling you about. Man, I got so messed up yesterday in my mind when these dear ladies that we love so much said, we want you to sit on the family road. Lydia comes up, she hugs me, she's crying too, and she finds out, kisses me on the cheek. I'm in no position to have s- my wits about me, right? So I get up there, and the funeral director's telling me, okay, will you please share with them, uh, we're going to use the blue hymnal, both these songs, and then we're going to have special music. Well, I get up there. Well, you know, thanks for being here, blah, blah, blah. And I just start preaching. I leave everything out, you know. I'm preaching away. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I forgot something. You know? And so uh, sat down. You got up, and they led us in a hymn. It was good, you know. So I got up, and I said, you know, I guess it's over now. So I got up. I don't know, said, "Well, we're supposed to meet in a fellowship hall, and we're gonna have a, you know, a meal together and some fellowship together." So then I sat down, and then she came up and sang another hymn. So messed up. And then, then they sang some special music. So then I got up and I said, "All right, guys, come on, let's go back there," you know. So I'm beating myself up. I said, "You dummy! You know, you just messed everything up." So I kept. You know, that was what was sticking in my head. You, you, missed, everything. you, know, you missed everything. But the family said, oh, no. You helped. Us. But you know what? It never was about me.
1: And it never is.
0: It is about our Savior. It's about our Lord. Not, notice what it, uh, in our text here, in Matthew chapter 5, he he actually um, tells us. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Not, 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 not me, not you. Because of Christ. Because you belong to Christ. Because you're a faithful witness of Christ. Because he has come to you in such a way that is powerful and real and life-changing that you just don't keep your mouth shut <laughs> or be careful walking on eggshells. You just live for him, and it makes a difference. Hey, listen to Rome, I mean John fifteen eighteen. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you all this hate stuff's not i mean you're, you're you're getting aimed at but let me tell you the the real target is jesus in you the real target is our christ so why does this go on john three nineteen. this is the verdict lights come into the world but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil you know what's going on conviction people don't want to be exposed to the light they want to stay hidden in the darkness but when they see the light of Jesus Christ, do you know what happens? They're convicted. So they can either run to Jesus or they can run you off. That's what goes on. That's what goes on. All right, I gotta move on here. I'm supposed to do more than one point in those minutes. All right, uh, reminder number two: You're not the only one who has suffered. Look at verse twelve here in our text. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you're in good company. You say, well, You wouldn't believe what that person said to me when I told them Jesus Christ is my Savior and what he means to you. Me. You wouldn't believe how they act. Well, let me tell you what you're in good company. You've joined that fraternity and sorority of the prophets, right? I mean, you're, you're, that's a good place to be. So just remember you're not the only one who has suffered and number three you are not going to suffer forever it might seem like forever when we're going through suffering but the truth of the matter is it is not forever forever is to be heaven bound god remind us we're heaven bound get our feet off the earth Stuck here like glue, so, so often. You know, twice Jesus reminded suffering was their future destiny. But twice he referred to heaven as a result of that suffering, and he said, "What? <laughs> Your reward in heaven as a result of that suffering will be great. Harassed and heaven bound." I love uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, verses two and three, and you know, In chapter 2, it, it talks about Jesus, who's the author and perfecter our, of our faith. It says that he endured the cross for us, scorned its shame. He says he did it, why? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross for us. Now, the cross sounds to me anything but joy. The joy was not the crucifixion itself. The joy was the result that came from the crucifixion. The opportunity for you and me to become part of the family of God. To be forgiven and to become heaven bound. Listen to verse 3. This is from the Amplified. Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, or fainting in your minds. In other words, guys, when we start that whining, you know what I'm going through. You know, my little patch for Jesus its just got all kinds of weeds and I don't want to pull them. You know all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Just remember, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And the next verse tells us: Compare your trials, compare your sufferings with that of the one that you are called to follow, Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, follow, obey, seek. That is the attitude. And he says that is where joy comes. As you follow him through that suffering, there is an intense, deeper relationship that occurs. All right, I'm going to wind this thing, thing up and just kind of go through these, uh, all these Beatitudes that we've looked at. I uh, just want to read this. Uh, verse 3 Jesus said, Blessed are those who recognize their spiritual poverty stricken in need of God's grace. The world says, Happier are those who can say, I've got it made. Verse 4, Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn over their sinful propensity, while the world says, "Happier are those who never have anything to cry about. Verse 5, the Lord says, Blessed are those who refuse to demand their own rights, while the world declares, Happy are those who stand up for themselves, so they come out on top. Verse 6, Blessed are those who are famished for the things of God, while the world says, Blessed are those who stuff themselves with the things of earth. Verse 7, Happier are those who lend a hand to help those in need. The world says happy is arriving at the place where you never need help from anyone. Verse 8, Jesus shocked the world by saying, "Happier are those whose secret lives are open to the purity of God, while the world says happier are those whose secret lives are never exposed to the public. Verse 9, the Lord says happier are those who offer mercy to their world, while the world says happier those who have the world at their mercy. And then finally, from this beatitude today we've covered, the world concludes these me-attitudes like this. Happy are the trouble-free, the unharassed. Jesus says, happy are the harassed for my sake because they are also homeward bound. That's happy. God, thank you for another opportunity to look at your wonderful word. Father, this particular message for me is so convicting. I guess about all of them are, but God, it's so convicting to me uh, of how I run away instead of toward pain I might see coming. Uh, And Father, that is where I need to be if I'm going to experience you more deeply. God uh, help us as we struggle with this uh, to come to altar to pray and say Jesus get a hold of me Lord for you (laughs) to make decisions where we stand of people that need to hear about you that we've just put it off or we're afraid and so we haven't gone in the strength that you provide and and so Father may we go and uh, Father just that we might understand that if we really want to walk close with you we have to be willing Father, to be, as Paul said, crucified with Christ. Uh, So, Lord, do that work. And, uh, Father, maybe for someone who needs for the very first time to say yes to this work of Jesus that's so beautiful, Lord, and say, I I can't earn my way to heaven, so I want to take your forgiveness and receive it and start a new life. These are all part of an invitation. And so, Lord, I just ask that your spirit would work however you want among us. And, Father, we want you to show up. In Christ's name we pray.